You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanaya and Priya. Welcome back to the Girls on the Grid podcast. My name is Tanaya McLeod and this week we have a chat with a guest who was very instrumental in my career. Uh, We spent a lot of time together for a couple of years while I worked at Gary Rogers Motorsport. So it's really cool to have Sally Parkinson join us for the pod this week. She has been around the game for a really long time, been there for a lot of huge moments, which we talk about. And yeah, it was just a really fun chat. So I hope you guys enjoy. Sally Parkinson, welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Thanks for having me. So you've been working at GRM since 2009. Yes, that's correct. Now, was that your first motorsport experience? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, It was my first, obviously, I guess, sort of paid full-time motorsport experience. Um, I guess I'm sort of one of those ones that's always grown up around motorsport. My dad always raced for years. um, And my dad actually used to race against Gary back in the day in sports and ants. So when Gary was looking for someone, obviously the name sort of clicked and, yeah, sort of led for one thing to another. And that was sort of the first, I guess, sort of step into it in a paid capacity. Yeah, that's awesome. It's cool that your dad and Gary used to race. Coming into it back in 2009, what was the learning curve like to sort of take on a role within a team at at that level? Yeah, I guess back back at that stage, Jerome had just picked up um, Fujitsu. So Valvoline were leaving in a full-time capacity and Fujitsu were coming on board. So they knew obviously they're going to have greater sponsor needs at the event. So initially I just came on board just to really come to the events, just to support them. Um, so that's sort of really what my role was for, I guess, probably maybe for the first first few years was really just an on-track role, just supporting, um, looking after Fujitsu at the rounds, you know, pit tours, showing the round, all the driver visits, all that side of things. And now GRM have a pretty incredible history in terms of driver lineup. What was it like to work, you know, at the at the formative stages of careers like Michael Crusoe and, and Lee Holdsworth and then, you know, to work with Scotty Mack who, you know, made his made his name at GRM, first race win and then with the Volvo and everything he's gone on to do. What was that period like? Yeah, that was good. I mean, I guess Lee and um, Michael Caruso were sort of already there when I started. They were, I think, well, I think they were sort of there for about a year. Then they sort of moved on. And then, um, yes, obviously Scotty was was good to see. Obviously sort of I was in there when he started, so it was good to work with him through his whole, you know, GRM journey and sort of see him sort of grow and develop through that time as well. So you sort of remember the first time of him trying to do interviews and those sorts of things and to where he's got to now. It's sort of, you know, it's pretty cool to see. All right, what goss have you got on us about how bad he was when he first started? <laughs> <laughs> I think even the TV people can see that, you know, just, I mean, it's not just him, though. It's, it's all of them when they start. You're sort of, you know, sitting there, that the, especially, you know, back in the supercar days, the first supercar round you go to and they all have to do their TV lines and all their media stuff. And just remember, he can take a lot longer than the others. So just to get his head around it. So, but, you know, now he's a pro at it. So He's certainly made up for it now, hasn't yeah, he? he has now, yes. Mind you, he's still, still probably the only driver to swear on national TV. So, Let's talk about that period. Obviously, come out storming at Pukekohe and then, you know, GRM kind of undertook sort of the impossible, really. I mean, it wasn't impossible once you guys did it. But that Volvo conversion, going to Volvos for the 2014 season, you were there. You were on the inside wall of that whole process. How I mean, did that go down? 
I mean, obviously it was you know, sort of ongoing for quite a while. It was probably, I think, early in the previous year that the conversation sort of started. I think it was around Grand Prix time. So, yeah, so we sort of knew for a while it was going to happen and then sort of I think it was announced just after Darwin, for memory, it was announced that we're going to, to go to Volvo. So, um, and that was really, I mean, it was more the boys, the engineers that, that did all, all the work and the outstanding job to, to make that the success that it was. And then to come out at the Adelaide 501, your role had kind of formed into more of a media operations kind of deal by that point yeah definitely by that stage was more obviously the team coordinator um yeah the sort of media sort of pretty much um anything that you know anything that didn't sort of make the cars go fast pretty much is sort of what I was looking after (laughs) I love that and then what was your phone doing after Scotty Mac uh, you know, dropped the F-bomb on national television. It was good. We were hoping he was going to get away with it, and he did, so that was lucky. But, I mean, that just that whole day was just, um, yeah, even just in the lead-up to that, there was so much work. You know, we'd come out of the test days at Eastern Creek with, you know, two cars that weren't even on the grid for a signing session at lunchtime because they'd both broken. So, you know, we were heading to Adelaide, everyone thinking we weren't going to be able to, you know, even probably make the grid, and, and we came out and, you know, probably got one of the best second-place finishes ever. Yeah, I still remember that race. Like it was just the biggest underdog story that, you know, in our recent times is the biggest underdog story that's really ever happened. Yeah, definitely. And we were probably thinking we're happy with third, but then obviously when he sort of got Jamie in the last corner, that just, you know, made the the fairy tale even better. Oh, so good. So good. Even I just get goosebumps, you know, thinking about that race and just watching it. Yeah, I think just the, the crowd, I mean, obviously we all know what the crowd's like, you know, the Adelaide 500, which is why it's so good that supercars are going back there this year. But just that whole front straight just erupting like it did was, was pretty special to be part of. So let's talk a little bit more about what you do, your day-to-day. Now, you said that you started as just, you know, just helping, helping where you could with sponsors and then coming into being pretty much whatever wasn't engineer or driver-related and now you're an operations specialist. So you've been doing this for quite a while now. You're a pro at what you do. What does an operations specialist mean? You know, what do you actually do? It's obviously probably more you know, away from the racetrack really than than at the track maybe? Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially obviously now um, at the, the ARG Speed Series events, it's definitely more in the preparation and leading up to the event. So, I mean, it can really be, you know, You've got to think some rounds we go to, we take um, we take 12 cars potentially to some rounds. So that's obviously a crew of about 50 people. So it's a lot of the role is organising, getting all those people there, flights, accommodation, you know, travel, everything around those, making sure they all get fed, we've got catering. Um, but then also obviously having that many cars as well, there's obviously sponsor commitments as well. Um, so obviously looking after all of our sponsors, whether that be on the ground or the lead up to the event. So pretty much most weeks we generally will have um, you know, I'll generally have a sponsor meeting with somebody organising what they're doing, some sort of activation or something social they might need. So, And just while we hear a little rascal in the background, you actually named your dog, who we can hear. I know, sorry. You named your dog Bentley. Right, now if that does not show your love for motorsport, <laughs> I don't know what does. Well, he's from Bathurst, so he had to have a, a motorsport name. So he was born around the same time as a 12-hour and Bentley won that 12-hour. So that's where his name came from. That's really cool. That's really cool. All right, so let's, you just touched on it briefly. GRM were, you know, in supercars for a really long time. And then at the end of, at the end of 2019, they left supercars and went in a different direction with the ARG and the Speed Series running, you know, a crazy amount of cars. But what's it like? What was that transition period like, obviously, to leave supercars after that being Jerem's home for such a long time and where it was sort of built? 
to now racing in uh, the Australian Racing Group's program? I think it was it was probably a lot easier than we initially thought because of sort of the, the global pandemic, basically. We stopped at the end of 2019 and then sort of pretty much 2020, sort of the, the world stopped anyway. So You guys timed that oddly well. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it was quite funny as far as, like, you sort of, you, you thought, oh, it's going to be really hard going into it. And obviously we sort of, we all watched, you know, the Adelaide 500 and then literally we went to the Grand Prix and then everything stopped. So, um, you know, it was sort of probably a lot easier than what we initially thought. And, um, and then now when you go to the rounds and now I guess we get to go to a few of the supercar rounds as support categories with S5000 and um, you know Darwin was fantastic we were, we were back at the hotel sitting at the pool by five o'clock so it's like this support category life is great so yeah look I'm just a little bit envious I'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah obviously look it was difficult I mean obviously being such a big part of Gary's life for so long and a lot of the team obviously a lot of the GRM crews you know of sort of very long term so it was going to be a big change but um yeah, I sort of think now that obviously where, where we're at and obviously other projects we're working on are all, you know, there's lots of exciting things happening still. And let's talk about S5000. So GRM built the first, I don't know, this is testing my memory. I think it was the first 13 chassis GRM built to start the season a few years ago. Yes. And then now it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool category. It is. Like the noise of those things is just like nothing else. Yeah, that's, I mean, and that's where I guess it's just, unfortunately, obviously the pandemic did sort of affect that. Obviously we went to Sandown our first round 2019, which was a great start. I think there was, you know, 12, 12 cars on the grid. I think we might've lost one at a test day leading up to it. But um, so, I mean, that they are pretty cool. They are pretty cool cars. I mean, obviously they're, they're super fast um, and we've sort of just got to, I guess, with ARG take some steps in, in growing the, the category, which obviously we're sort of doing at the moment with obviously valuation days and those sorts of things going forward. So, um, and obviously having some, some good marquee events that we're getting to with Supercar now, which should only help grow it as well. So before all this happened, before you got into motorsport, let's go back and talk a little bit more about your childhood and your dad. What was your childhood like? Did you have any interest in motorsport other than through your dad did you ever think you know you'd throw a helmet on or you know what did what did you get up to well pretty much I grew up as a speedway kid so most Friday nights I'd get dragged to the speedway watching my dad race so I honestly probably didn't really have a choice Sally that's usually how it starts so most of my, my dad's circuit racing is sort of finished by the time I could sort of remember so most of his actual racing I remember is more around the speedway sort of thing so um I do remember like you know always Bathurst 1000s getting woken up early to watch and dad actually racing that one year but I was so young I sort of don't remember much of it other than his car crashing um but yeah, so literally that was that was my life getting dragged around the country um, to, to speedway races. And obviously because you don't have enough motorsport in your life, <laughs> on your off weekends, you and your partner Craig race some minis. Uh, he races, not not me. No, no, he, he, he races some minis. So yeah, no, he obviously built up a couple of minis and does a few, used to do sprint days and then he started racing. So he races um, two litre sports sedans in, in Victoria. So has a lot of fun doing that. And then obviously I sort of help out on the committee there as well, just trying to help them sort of grow, grow the category and um, just, you know, trying to make it a little bit better and more attractive for people to, to come at that club level racing. So is your role at Jerem full-time or is it more of a part-time gig? What do you do away from Gary Rogers Motorsport? Um, I guess that's my role sort of obviously has always been a contract role there. So it's sort of just ongoing on a needs basis. I mean, obviously some weeks are a lot more more than others. So um, I do that. And then obviously just other little projects, some motorsport related, some other not, you know, just to keep me busy for, for the rest of the week. So yeah, there's a few other little sort of racing bits and pieces I do. Um, obviously, 
during 2020 and also last year sort of jumped in, helped Walkinshaw do a bit of work as well when they were sort of um, had one person away on maternity leave and still helped them with a few events outside of um, supercar rounds as well. You are very impressive in the fact that you just pop up. I could just be like walking down the supercars, be like, oh, that's Sally. Where did she come from? She's just, she just arrived on the scene and I would just be walking. I'd be like, ah, oh, haven't seen you in a while. What you doing? Yeah, I haven't been back to too many supercar rounds, but you know, it's nice to get back every now and then. There's so many familiar faces and when you've, you've done it for so long, there's so many people you know. So it's just nice to, to catch up with everyone. Yeah, for sure. So obviously motorsport's a big part of your life, but what do you do outside of work and, and race cars? Um, outside of work and race cars, obviously, um, uh, a lot of weekends, I'm very lucky to have a nice little holiday house down San Remo, down Phillip Island. So I spend lots of weekends down there. Um, and then obviously, you know, racetracks with uh, my partner, Craig, when he's racing his mini and obviously just general gym and fitness sort of stuff. And that's, that's pretty much my life. I guess as, as most people know, and obviously lots of listeners that go to racetracks, the weekends you're not at a racetrack, you sort of just enjoy doing not too much. Just enjoy those one or two days of relaxation, I guess. Is that the right word? Yeah, relaxation, catching up on washing and all that sort of bits and pieces. So let's talk about the Australian Racing Group for a little bit. They are ARG, as they're commonly known, and they run the Speed Series events. Now, Gary Rogers Motorsport is a part owner in ARG, and that includes you working with ARG. So what is your role within the Australian Racing Group? Um, so within ARG, my role is, I guess, sort of a part of their events team. So ARG runs three events across the year. So we do the Race Tasmania event um, and obviously the Bathurst Six Hour and the Bathurst International, So, which obviously we've tried to run for the last three years, but this will be the... Fingers crossed November we're the first one. So that sort of, that role is, um, oh, it's really, really broad. Obviously just, you know, such a small team at ARG, just jumping in and helping them. So key part of things, obviously looking after ticketing, accreditation, um, just just general everything that you need to, to run an event. There's, there's so much that goes into to that, all the little things that people wouldn't even think of that you need to to actually, you know, run, run the full events. So GRM has always been very big and a very big supporter of, you know, the youth movement, always bringing in young guys to give them a crack and, you know, see how they go, see how they stack up against the rest of the field. Is it refreshing to be able to work with young talent instead of just, you know, these guys that have been here for a long time and can obviously drive, but for Gary and Barry to, you know, take a punt on these guys, see if they really have it, especially like people like Scotty Mack. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, yeah, it is good to see because obviously they, you know, they'll, they'll listen to you a bit more. They're not so experienced. They'll, you know, actually, you know, want to sort of you know get your guidance on on how to deal with certain things but no I mean it's good obviously there's a lot of young you know obviously Scotty um you know there's some good you know obviously James Golding as well so um you know you get to see a lot of you know good young talents coming through and obviously in the TCR we've got lots of those as well so um yeah it's quite good to see them sort of you know obviously Scotty's the main one obviously go off and do things but obviously then you look at James Golding who's now getting back into supercars and, and making the most of his new opportunity which is fantastic to see. Yeah, on James, like how good is it that he's back in the sport? Obviously, he was with you guys for two years at GRM in 2018 and 2019. What's it like to now see him back in a supercar, getting some really good results in only his you know third or fourth start with this new team, off the back of having you know filled the gap with S5000? Yeah, it's great. I mean, obviously, Wise obviously did those two years full-time with GRM. You've got to remember he started as a... 
15, 16 year old at GRM in the sub-assembly doing his apprentice there. So he was there sort of full time at the workshop um, while he was still racing Australian Formula 4 Championship, I think. And then he moved into um, Super 2. So he did that for a couple of years with him and then obviously then made the step up um, and then finished that and then got into S5000. So I guess he's, you know, worked with him for, for quite a while. So it's, yeah, it's really good to see him making the most of this opportunity now. And James actually does have a really good story because he lived quite far from the GRM head office. He yes. used to ride his bike at what, you know, crazy winter temperatures, ride his bike to the train station, put his bike on the train station, get the train to uh, the nearest station of GRM, ride his bike off the train station to GRM. And he'd do that and that was just, you know, he just knew that that was his opportunity. And it's so cool now having worked closely with him to see him in there, but it obviously showed how committed he was and how much he wanted it. Yeah, definitely. Man, certainly did that for quite a number of years. Went before he sort of got his car and started driving. So yeah, it was um yeah certainly, you know, dedication to be able to make it to work every day. And it's like it's what you got to do to to really make it in this industry, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, especially for the young kids these days. It's sort of, you know, when you have an opportunity and as we know, a lot of people have done it and you've got to remember Scotty started. Um, even when he came to us full time, he was in the, you know, the fab shop and did his apprentice in the in there. So, um, you know, it's what all sort of the young kids do. I mean, you walk around the workshop at the moment and, um, you know, Nathan Hearn works full time on the cars as well. Um, Dylan O'Keefe is, is full time managing the store. So, you know, a lot of those young guys are still, still in there now. And I really like that, you know, Gary puts them through their paces for the drive. You know, it's pretty, It's kind of a bit of a condition. If you come and drive and you're under whatever age, you, you buckle up and you do the hard yards. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, I mean, it's good for those ones. I mean, obviously some drivers are all more sponsor marketing focused and obviously others have a little bit more of the, the technical side of things. So I think you know, it's good that these guys are in there and they're actually learning about the cars and you know especially when you you know James jumped into an S5000 I mean he saw those being built from from the start and you know what had gone into them so he sort of knew you know especially to go out of Sandown and win that first weekend of them what that's would have meant to everyone. And it's also about building relationships as well it's about the drivers building relationships with their team who you know put so much effort into getting them on the track. Yeah definitely I mean obviously that's where you sort of see some of the more experienced drivers now you know living in different states to, to their teams I mean obviously you've got you know James there that was sort of full-time in the workshop every day while he was racing supercars so you know the relationship he has with the team members and then wanting to go that extra mile maybe to fix his car or do something like that you know if you've got that relationship you know people obviously will go out of their way to help a bit more. And I remember he copped it a couple of times when he had a shunt and the boys were like oh this guy because they're, they're all best mates you know and then he yes. just, he's given them a midnight or a 2 a.m finish just just on one corner and sometimes like as long, they are mates but I tell you what James was not going to bed that night until that no, car was that car was fixed. And looking at it, I think there's photos around it you know Gold Coast probably in particular where he's sort of you know crashed and then he's been under the car trying to help him get it fixed as well so he could make the next session so yeah yeah it's so cool so Gary Rogers, the man, the myth, the legend of the supercars, <laughs> he's renowned for his dress-ups. Yes. He does love a bit of a dress-up. Now, there's quite a quite a good uh, series of videos on YouTube of you guys getting around and Gary um, not wearing just normal clothes because why would you? Did you ever play a part in any of those dress-ups or does he just come up with these crazy ideas himself? 
I can take no credit for any of those. That's all Gary. So. <laughs> Some good ones. What about, where was the Lycra? Uh, Tasmania 2019. Oh, that was Tasmania. And, I mean, a lot of them are just so spare of the minute, like, yep, I want to go and do this or I want to go and do that. Obviously, Sammy puts a bit of planning into. So um, it was funny yesterday, Jeremy, we were actually cleaning out one of the rooms and then I pulled down this big box from the top of the shelf and it says Gary's dress up. So oh, it's this no. whole box. And he's like starting to go through. I said, no, you're not getting, not dressing up today. Just put this away somewhere. So, so what are we going to see at Sandown Speed Series in a couple of weeks? No, he hasn't, he's been pretty good. He hasn't done anything since we left Supercars. So he did cause quite... quite a stir at the Simmons rounds when all that, he made a comment or something about they should stop riding, wearing lycra and, and drinking their lattes and stuff. Yes. And, and it caused a bit of a stir and then ended up out on the grid with a coffee in Lycra, yeah, which definitely. as you could imagine, was quite a sight. It was. I and mean, obviously, look, he's, he's done a lot of fun things, especially around the Volvo. I think well, Adelaide the first year, he sort of went out dressed as Abba, Abba and, and yeah. had one of our <laughs> Swedish mechanics out there dressed up as, as Bjorn or something like that. And then I think at Bathurst, we had the sauna out in the grid. So, um, yeah, there's lots of different things that uh, that he's done. And, mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It keeps it fresh. It keeps it fun. So give us give us the goss. Who has been the best driver that you've worked with? Oh, that's that's a hard one. It's sort of like asking people who the best child is. I don't know. Like they, they, there's been look, they all have their moments. Some can be great and, and some not. I, I can't really can't pick. You can't one. throw anyone under the bus, but no, it's always I can't do that. I've got to ask just in case you just throw out this bomb and then you know like there's a punch, there's like a fist fight at the next round or something like that. No, I, look, there's obviously some that you still chat to all the time and some that you just sort of say hello to in passing. So yeah, it's you know. You'd hope, obviously, all of them you still still talk to to some degree, but obviously there's others that, um, yes, just leave a bit more of a memory for you, <laughs> good or bad. <laughs> good or bad. So as I have touched on in this podcast quite a few times before, you were very, very instrumental in helping me start my career. I don't actually – I think it was – was it the AusX Open that you uh, saw me and was like – Hang on a second. Yes. I want that girl to work for me. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, obviously, I guess it was more. Um, yeah, I think I think you came along board and helped out that year, and obviously that's something else I've done. You know, for a few years as well, has helped out the guys on the, on the AusX Open and um, obviously the SX Open in New Zealand for a few years. Obviously, they've gone off and done bigger and better things now, which is very exciting for them. Um, but yeah, I think sort of sort of met you there one year, and I guess as we were sort of growing. Um, Jeremy and obviously need to get more on sort of the, the video side of things and a bit more on social media. It's sort of like, oh, who, who can we get to come and help? And I sort of think I did a bit of stalking on Instagram and looked at what you've done and gave you a call. <laughs> bit of IG stalk. Yeah. But it, you guys were, i got to say this without tuning my own horn because I was very, very not good. Like I was very, very, uh, I was just learning, you know, and, and it was a big learning curve. But there wasn't really a whole lot of video content beyond the broadcast, like beyond just what they were making and what they had to make for the broadcast. But not really any teams were utilising. So I think BJR were were there doing some really cool things, but not really anyone else was, you know, capitalising on well, what we know now, like video is everything. Video is is so important. But back then, you know, 20 end of 2017 2018 it yep. really you just posted a photo you know pretty much and that's sort of what you know just looking at what else we could do and to sort of you know and I guess obviously that was sort of working with obviously you know across other sports and seeing what they were doing and so like we probably needed to step up and do something a bit different 
yeah, and then I did two full seasons with you guys. Yes, pretty much we finished Supercars, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that, that last round, oh, good Lord, Gary come out. <laughs> Gary come out in a pink a pink dress with feathers yes. or something covered on yes. it. <laughs> like, yeah, that was that was a really awesome, you know, period in, in my career and in my life. So thank you for, you know, I don't think I've ever, we've never really had a conversation like this, but yeah, a huge thank you for, you know, bringing me on board and trusting me, you know, a kid that really had no idea. I still feel like I have no idea, but I think that's the best way to be. Yeah. What is? I mean, that's just really what we do everything with you, Jerry, really, isn't it? You sort of, you don't, you don't really, Gary will never sort of let you get someone that's got too much experience. He always wants someone that's going to learn, learn as you go. Yeah, obviously an incredible period in my life and it was just so much fun to be able to, and like that just highlights further to the family thing. Like I now see, you know, a couple of the guys that are still there at GRM at speed series rounds. And it just feels like, I just feel, it feels like we still work together, that we work together every day. Just, it is such a family, whether you still work there or you used to work there. Yeah, it's really a, just a credit to the to the culture of GRM. Yeah, I mean, definitely most of you still sort of go and say hello to everyone that's, you know, even moved to supercar teams now or, you know, previous people that want to come and steal a free breakfast because your breakfast is better than anything else at the tracks. So <laughs> that may or may not have happened at the last Speed Series round. <laughs> Sally, can I have a bacon egg roll? I'm hungry. Help me. So, I mean, that that's like, you know, that, I guess that's part of the important thing is people sort of don't see as busy. When you do have 40, 50 people around, how are you going to get them all fed and looked after? And, you know, you look after the boys and they have a good meal. They're, they're pretty happy for the rest of the day. So and let's talk about that. Like 40 or 50 people, 12 cars. Yeah, it's not. How, how do you even book that many hotel rooms? Like it's just, <laughs> just the logistics behind us. Give us an insight into you know what it's like it's like herding sheep it is yes obviously a lot of a lot of planning and um you know our team schedule you you try and put as much detail into there as, as you can as far as even like you know what what vans people go into and the boys might laugh at it and say that i'm being you know stupid but you know at the end of the day you need to make sure that every single person gets the track and they know where they're going and what they're doing and so we're sort of really trying to fine tune that across obviously all the different categories i mean we're very fortunate last few rounds we haven't had s5000 which sort of makes it a little bit easier going down to what, nine cars so that makes life a lot easier um which is obviously qr and Sandown and, and like Sandown's great it's like home round it's like no one has to travel so that takes a lot of it but yeah and especially with the airlines at the moment it's pretty stressful trying to you know book you know coming home from QR the other day trying to book 30 seats and then like is the flight going to go is it you know is it not what happens if we miss it you know you can't even I was talking to Marcus about it the other day Marcus Ambrose at work and it's like oh you know you need to have a plan b when you travel I'm like how can you have a plan b when you've got 40 people like and there's what, only one flight what, that runs what is our day. plan b? like you know it's just yeah. you just sort of have to just hope that it works and if it doesn't then you, you deal with it on the day so yeah but um yeah we're starting to plan now um obviously for the Bathurst International for both because obviously I'll be working ARG and GRM that weekend so that's going to be a pretty big weekend um, and obviously we'll have S5000 there we'll have TCR a Trans Am and obviously some potentially some internationals joining as well so you know we could be out to I don't even want to think about how many cars we could be taking to oh, that event no. so oh, no. trying, to, trying to plan all that at the moment and then obviously sponsors every sponsor wants to be there doing stuff so trying to plan all that stuff as well so that's sort of our I guess our main focus at the moment is just trying to get everything organized for that so that actually yeah, hurts not... my brain like it hurts my brain to think about the logistics that are involved in something like that I think we pretty much have a whole hotel booked and three houses is what I've got held so far 
Places like Bathurst must absolutely love when motorsport comes to town. Yeah, oh, the hotels definitely do, trust me. <laughs> Especially last year when they decided to combine the two events. That that was fun. So. Oh, let's talk about that week. <laughs> that oh, was that awesome. that was insane that week. That was an awesome week. And I mean, I guess I don't know how many people actually watched that S5000 qualifying session, but that would probably be one of the best qualifying sessions that I've, I've ever sat there and watched. You had three young kids all in our team, basically all young drivers, obviously James Golding, Aaron Cameron, Nathan Hearn, all desperate to beat each other. They're all very competitive um, and then all desperate to go out there and go under two minutes. So I think we had, you know, I think Jimmy did it first and then Aaron went like, you know, fractionally quicker. So it was just a great session just to watch each lap, just to see if they could break that two minute mark. Let's just go, let's just break about one metre later. That would have just been on the absolute edge. Yeah, and it was just still just, yeah, goes down. It was like obviously the racing, we had some good races there, but unfortunately, you know, a few didn't quite go to plan. But, um, yeah, that qualifying session, I think we still talk about how great that was and probably one of the best qualifying sessions that, you know, we'll ever see. So if you haven't seen it, see if you can get on YouTube and watch it. <laughs> it was a long, it was a long time. I think I, because I categorised every video that I shot just like I put a number next to it just to the day and I think it ended up with like 13 days that I had just consecutively shot video content for I was like that's it that's ridiculous today go home you psycho yeah definitely no we yeah we went on the Sunday and then I think we came back on the Sunday afternoon so I watched the start of the race and then pretty much left so didn't even actually stay for the 1000 yeah it's yeah by that time your, your brain's just completely fried yeah definitely it was it had been a big week because obviously we had TCR there as well so um, that was sort of kept us fairly busy and they were way at the top. So it was a lot of walking that weekend and oh, yeah. getting on the track. But we're lucky that the um, the Peugeots do quite well at Bathurst. So it's always quite enjoyable going there for TCR. I think I, I said at the end of that period, I was like, if that never, ever happens again, that combination of categories, I will be very, very happy. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it will. I mean, obviously, this I don't think it will probably be ever something that happens again. But look, it was a great way to sort of at least get back into some form of motorsport. I don't think it was quite, quite wasn't quite the level of the normal Bathurst, Bathurst 1000 that we're used to. But, you know, it was still awesome to be back racing again after what we'd been through for two years. And it kind of felt like that whole event just had a vibe where it sort of felt like motorsport was back, like it was reinvigorated. Everyone was just... Like, honestly, just so happy to be there. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think has been the most rewarding moment in your career so far? What would you pin it down to? Um, most rewarding in my career? Oh, that's a – I mean, there's there's so many different little things. I mean, obviously because, you know, you, you sort of take it back to the success of the cars. I mean, not that I have anything to, to do with that. Um, but, you know, like the Volvo project was great. Obviously, you know, the S5000s and seeing them on track for the first time was fantastic. But even just some little stuff with ARG, just, you know, finishing organising a whole event, which basically the, the events team is pretty much three of us plus of contractors that come in. So, you know, to finish our first, like, about the six-hour for that to be a huge success you know just those little things were great as well so so because we are girls on the grid we have to talk about you know girls on the grid and all that sort of stuff being being obviously a female in motorsport we touch on it nearly every episode have you ever encountered any you know not not downsides but any resistance in your role as as being a woman I don't think so. Um, I guess other than Gary, when he first interviewed me, saying he really liked me, but he didn't want a girl in his team. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a Gary thing. And then now you're asking me if probably wouldn't cope without me in his team. Um, he definitely would not. 
can, can, can confirm. I don't think, I mean, I said there is a little bit initially, like the boy's just not quite sure how to deal with you and chat to you and those sorts of things. But now, I mean, definitely not so much now. I mean, that would have been earlier in the supercar days, but I guess now you're just sort of such part of the, the team. And um, I guess because we have such a big team now, you don't talk to all the young ones that come in as contractors and those sorts of things as much. But you, I mean, you do a little bit and I think they all just respect what you're doing now. It's certainly no, certainly wouldn't find any barriers or anything like that, not with any of the guys that we have in our team anyway. And that just re-highlights the family element of, of your team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously most of them because I'm probably one of the first people they speak to. I'm getting them the passes. I'm getting them the uniform. I'm helping them. You know, I'm emailing them stuff. So they sort of know that sort of I'm a go-to person, you know, if I have any questions. What about within the industry? Is there any, any resistance on that side? I mean, there probably has been over the year. I mean, nothing really sort of jumps out that I can think of. I mean, I guess because I've just been such on the team side of things, that's really more what what I've been involved in. I haven't certainly certainly haven't had any issues um, definitely over the past few years. And I think it's it's great to see. I mean, even now within our some of our sponsors, obviously, you know, so many more people you're dealing with now are sort of females in senior roles as well. So, you know, it's great, you know, talking to them about what we do and, and some of them are just as passionate. That in itself highlights, you know, how far we've come in in making motorsport an inclusive place because what you wind back 20, 30 years to have have you know women as many women as we do now getting around the pit lane it just would have been you know motorsports a man sport all that all that you know garbage yeah i mean definitely i mean also i mean i guess i mean grm's good at one stage we sort of say if we take 50 people i'm probably the only female in the team (laughs) (laughs) yeah for a while me and you um well it was it was just me and you for well it was you all by yourself and then and then you yeah I'm still convinced that you hired me because you could then just share a hotel room. So yeah. it's cost saving. <laughs> That's right. That would have been Gary and Barry's idea anyway. That we can save, we can save costs there, Sal. So, Sally, yeah. find a female videographer so we can get them one hotel room and you can stay in the yeah, exactly. hotel room. It's smart. It's good business. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. It's all everything we do. It's also trying to do it on a budget as well so trying to make sure that even though you do have you know beds for 50 people that you're not paying you know an absolute fortune for them so um you know so much of the role is just getting prepped and organized leading into events you know even year before like you know now it's like okay do we have a calendar for next year so i can book rooms and get rates and all that sort of thing book flights and yeah just trying to get everything so we don't do it all last minute and pay a fortune yeah that's it you've got to operate to the to the budget it's not a, it's not a cheap sport at at the best of times no but i often do look some some of my stuff's probably fairly insignificant compared to the other money they're spending so <laughs> that is that is true sometimes i say to myself i'm like they just pay for a videographer it's fine it's it's nothing compared to what they're actually paying <sighs> yes but yeah in the ways you know and i guess that's it you've sort of got to try and save save the money where you can so it can go towards other things of making the cars go faster definitely motorsport is a wonderful game now to wrap up i'd like to know is there anything else you have a desire to to do is there anything else you want to go and you know tick the box of whether it be in motorsport career wise or you know anything else anything international do you want to go and explore what's your thoughts i mean obviously like i mean i probably wouldn't wouldn't do it now but obviously international stuff would always be fantastic obviously anything f1 is just great or um you know just that whole international thing would be fantastic if opportunities ever came up but obviously you know probably not something i'd go and pursue now maybe if i was 20 years younger i might but um oh sal you're still young (laughs) get after it i think no i think now i sort of just you know really happy with sort of 
where I'm at and obviously continuing to grow and, you know, hopefully growing on both sides of the GRM role and doing more, obviously, you know, going to, at the moment, obviously taking a lot more commercially, which is fantastic just because we do have so many sponsors and Barry's doing so much other stuff. So it's great, you know, especially at the moment, just dealing a lot more with them and, you know, pictures to get, you know, sponsors to resign and all that sort of stuff. So that stuff's great to expand into doing more of that. Um, and then obviously on the ARG side, just getting more and more involved in, in those events and, and seeing those grow. Yeah, awesome. It's an exciting time for both GRM and the Australian Racing Group. One final question. If a, a young Sally Parkinson or a young, a young Tanaya McLeod, whatever it is, you know, 15, 16, 17, a young girl wants to get into motorsport and wants to do whether it's operations or media or anything like that wants to be a mechanic what advice would you give maybe your younger self or what advice would you give you know someone who who really wants to make a go of it um it's probably not being much different to what other people say it's really just you've sort of got to make yourself known and be in there and even sort of you know I went to my first round as you know Gary wasn't sure and I said well let me come and, and have a go um you know I don't want to be paid or anything just let me come along and see what you think so it's really just putting it out there and you know unfortunately we do probably have to just sort of go off and volunteer and try and get involved and just make yourself known to the people that you want to work with and just networking and just trying to build relationships with people because I think motorsport to a degree still is who you know not what you know so obviously you can you can have all the great degrees and everything behind you but you've sort of got to really just get in there and and talk to the teams and talk to people that you want to work with and then you know opportunities open up you know more than probably people think so um but I think that's the main thing and obviously just to sort of prove that you want to do it as a career and not because it's just you know, it's not motorsport. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. You know, I want to go to the racetrack and hang with all these drivers. You actually sort of need to show that that's what you want to do as a career because, as you know, on the inside, that's not the glamorous part of the role. <laughs> that's the thing. It's It would be quite a shock for anyone who just wanted to, you know, just just have all the, the, the glamour and the fun because <laughs> you have another thing coming <laughs> for you. <laughs> exactly. I remember uh, our... The first time when I first um, was speaking to you about coming to work for GRM, I think we were we were having a conversation and we're like, "Yep, cool, let's do this." It was a couple of days out from the the Winton test. We were like, "Yep, lock it in." That afternoon, I went to the gym and I broke my foot. Yes. <laughs> so like, I snapped my foot and like really bad, and then I had to call you and say, "Um." <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, you know, broken foot, in a moon boot, need surgery, all that stuff. And you're like, oh. <laughs> so can you still come to Winton? I think it's probably what I said. Yeah, you're like, you're like, can you walk? Like, you know, what can we do? I think I rolled up to Winton. I was in a moon boot and I had like a scooter, one of those things where you put your put your knee on it and scoot yes. around. I'm getting around the paddock of, of Winton in like that and that's just that's really the level of commitment i think the grand prix that year i think i come out of surgery on the wednesday and then i was at the track on my scooter on <laughs> friday like an absolute nutcase like i look back at it now and i'm like tanea stay at home like get into bed you freak <laughs> yeah but i mean that's what i guess when you look back on now, I mean, that's unfortunately, that's a dedication. And sometimes as girls, you probably have to go that extra step just to make sure that you're there and seen and hang on, if I don't go for a round, will someone get in and do what I'm doing? You know, you, you, sometimes you do just have to, yeah, 
you know, we've all, you know, probably not so much in the era now, but back in the day, all gone to round six just because that's what you had to do. You just had to do, you had to be seen. All the boys at Jerem still like call me Moonboot. Yes. <laughs> Far out. Crazy times. All right, Sally, thanks so much for joining me on the Girls on the Grid podcast. It's been great to chat about, you know, things that we probably have never really, like we've known each other for a while, but have never really, you know, sat down and just, just chatted about about motorsport and our love of it so it's been a really great chat and i thank you for your time no worries thanks for having me huge thanks to sally for coming on the girls on the grid podcast now this weekend i've been over in perth um my co-host priya richards she actually turned 21 so i gave her the week off and she'll join us again next week but yeah it looks like she had a pretty good birthday and i spent my weekend over in perth doing some dirt karting so like Speedway, but smaller and carts. And they just a couple of guys uh, turned their, you know, normal go kart into a dirt cart. And yeah, we had a lot of fun. So I'm in Perth at the moment and back to Melbourne today and then off to New Zealand for the Supercars round of Pukakoi on Wednesday. So it's going to be a huge week. I'm really excited. And yeah, thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys next week. You've just listened to another Network R production.